0: In the realm of human existence there exists a phenomenon that defies the boundaries of science and spirituality leaving those who have ventured to its precipice forever changed it is a journey that lies between life and death a tantalizing enigma that beckons us to explore the uncharted territories of consciousness near-death experiences ndes a phrase that shrouds itself in intrigue and mystique remain a profound enigma in the tapestry of our existence where the boundaries between the physical and the metaphysical blur, and the secrets of the afterlife remain tantalizingly close, yet infinitely elusive. Today we'll tread the boundary between the known and the unknown, where individuals share eerily similar tales of floating above their own lifeless bodies, transversing ethereal realms, and encountering a profound light that transcends earthly comprehension. Yet, whether NDEs offer a glimpse into the afterlife or simply a mesmerizing concoction of brain chemistry remains a tantalizing riddle. A lot of
1: tantalizing information here. You are now entering the realm of the freaky deaky. An unsuspecting stop at the crossroads of fantasy and reality, where the frayed edges of make-believe seep into this cookie-cutter, white picket world you've been led to believe is far from extraordinary. What you're about to hear are true stories. Alleged true stories. Christian, just... (sighs) Okay. Tales of the strange and inexplicable thought only to exist in film and folklore. Although difficult to accept, we do not know everything about this reality. About time or space, what lies beneath the ocean's depths. And try though we might, the unchanging truth remains there are some things we legitimately cannot explain logically. That. I guess I should probably. What did I? Did I even start the show? Nope. Nope. Not even. Didn't even start it. Isn't that cool? Welcome back to the Freaky Deaky. As always, my name is Scott. I will be your, I guess, co host this evening. You're hosting the episode. That's Christian, the host of today's episode. I'm present. I'm tired, but present. Christian is tired, but present. And normally we would ask more about that, but quite frankly, aren't we all? You know what I mean? I was in
0: Bigfoot country for a couple days. That's right. He was working. Did not see Bigfoot though. He was
1: working the streets. I have a little short one. I just free ball it. Rub my large head. It's a threefer. Threefer for you. Anyway, welcome back to the show. Folks, before we get into it, I would like to let you know that tomorrow, Friday the 13th, We are releasing Sleep With The Lights On on our YouTube channel. So if you have not subscribed to that, get on over there at Freaky Deaky Pod and subscribe. I'm gonna say this once, I'm not gonna be someone that repeats this all the time. Like the video and comment if you can. Honestly, it it helps more than, and this is coming from someone who never does that on other videos. And so now you kind of see like what, you, what you need in order to, to kind of boost things a little bit so it really does help us you know beat that pesky algorithm and if you want to check out the show you know show some support whatever head on over to the youtube channel it is dropping tomorrow friday the 13th and it is a show that we will be releasing every other friday with a bonus story from that episode releasing the day after that so we're we're working on some new youtube content Find us on social media pod. Wow, too many hits already. Another radio show reference. That's true. Too many hits. Yeah, we're too, gonna play all forty of them. Too many hits for you. We can't keep up with all these hits. This is Casey Kasem. Yeah. Ah, Shaggy. Anyway, wasn't him. And just kidding. It was. But that <laughs> it wasn't That was such a weird double entendre. I wasn't. Even yeah, that it. was a pretty good one. That was good. Hey, people remember that. Think back on this episode find us on social media at freaky deaky pod pretty much wherever unless you're headed to tiktok if you're one of those folks that's at tft paranormal join the facebook group it's freaky it's deaky it's everything you need in your life and that's great guys if you want to hear from us or share episode ideas or i don't know post random bean memes That's the place to do it. And I'm also working on a game, a card game for everyone called Bingo. And the first person to get Bingo is going to get a free hoodie or something. We'll figure it out. We'll mix our old audience with our youthful audience and release a bingo game. Doesn't that sound fun, everyone? No. (laughs) No? Would you prefer to get into the episode? Because we could do that too. Christian, what is this episode about? This episode is kind of a a near-death experience episode
0: but you also see that that near death or death from the perspective of other people around on a couple of stories too mm. so so we're really just talking about death in general yes the and effects of death on the human psyche I'm sure at some point maybe toward the end you'll tell me what this really
1: is and mm. I'll be like it's something else signs of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I'm sure but I'll you know I'll hold my thoughts until we get there Christian <laughs> let's get into this first story what's it called but did you die here
0: we go and it's from
1: A-L. Christian, most of us would pronounce that Al, but I like what you did. It's A period L period. Oh, gotcha.
0: Okay. I was an eight-year-old child having breathing difficulties off and on for days. Then one day I could not breathe at all. So my father grabbed me and he and my mother drove me to the hospital. I was going in and out of consciousness and knew I was dying. Then there was darkness, then nothingness, and I knew I would died. But I came back to life when my father screeched the tires around the corners and into the hospital. Two attendants put me on a cart inside the hospital, pushing me along, and I started gagging, and the attendants started running with my mother and father, alongside me. I died again this time, completely gone, there was nothingness. By that I mean, I still existed, but was nowhere at all, and I don't know for how long. The next thing I knew, I was floating up, high in a white room, seeing myself down below on the table, with doctors and nurses all around me. I knew the me on the table was dead. That body was deceased and no longer my body. I could hear, see, smell, and feel all the senses of everyone in that room, and the room itself. The me on the table wasn't moving and hadn't been moving the entire time I floated overhead. Then someone in a white coat walked away from the table and I heard him telling my parents, I'm sorry, your son is dead. My mother was crying and my father had a weird look on his face. Others in the room were wearing white coats and dresses and were now just standing there too. But I was happy, and I wanted to let my parents know I was happy, but didn't have a way to do it. I watched this for moments, not sure how long, then I could still see the room, but was pulled out of it diagonally. The room then faded away, and I felt myself being pulled up higher through the clouds, darkness and into a huge space or place, or maybe a cavern. It was dark gray. At the fringes, but closer to its center, it was lit by a bright colored lights all around like spherically placed. I encountered a being, you're welcome, who appeared as a pure translucent bright white light, maybe 10 feet tall, humanoid changing subtly, 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 subtly. Wait, I forgot to leave out the B. What the hell was that? Don't, don't, don't doesn't
1: it sound like a baseline yeah did i actually say something like that it was you trying to say the word don't okay <laughs> but i did wow. i was i listening on my down sounds like a slap and baseline i need to work that into a christian voice yeah. only song wow okay so maybe
0: 10 feet tall and humanoid changing subtly in appearance he was in the center of this place or cavern or wherever I was and communicated with me not in words or symbols, rather in a totality of communication as if he were, was sharing part of himself with me. This was a very intimate and most powerful interchange. He was sharing part of himself with me that was, was more than love and beyond joy. Rub my large head. Maybe. <laughs> that, that sharing was so intense, it felt like he was sharing my entire past, present, and future with me to include my alternate lifetimes. And here are a few examples. At that time I had paralysis and was told by my doctors that I would never walk again and would die early. The entity told me I would walk and do so without crutches and live a long time. That was very hard for me to believe. Although it took a few years, I did regain my ability to walk and continue to do so without crutches and I'm still alive longer than what the doctors had said. The entity showed me how I would overcome societal and work obstacles that face people of my background. He also revealed how I would gain education, go beyond, and make contributions, showing me some specific examples. Almost all of those have come true, maybe some yet to come. I was also shown several of my reincarnations. In one lifetime, I come from a Midwest farm. Maybe Indiana, an illiterate farm boy underage who felt compelled to join the Union Army over the objections of my parents and an older brother, but with the support of my older sister. On the battlefield, my unit was trapped below large rocks while enemy soldiers poured bullets on us from high up. I died as a result. I died as a bullet struck my forehead. So very rapid, intense, and complete, the sharing was eidetic, meaning he let me experience all the senses of each experience of mine. Oh, God. In all those lifetimes. Yeah, I don't know about yeah, that. No,
1: thanks. Just show me the highlight reel, huh?
0: The good highlights yeah. only. It's difficult to find the right words, yet through what the the being shared, I felt in the briefest of moments that I was part of the being. He was consciously letting me be part of him and to be with him. Sexy. Ooh. The best way I can describe this feeling comes from a poem by Walt Whitman entitled On the Beach at Night Alone, wherein he says something like a vast similitude interlocks and spans all commonality all life in any form everywhere all universes all times all creatures everything that can possibly be it is that s- similitude which this being instantaneously shared with me and i felt i was part of everything this entity knew did and represented i was joyfully everywhere all places throughout all times all lives all existences that's it was very overwhelming for yeah, here ex- right now he was experiencing a lot i wanted so much to stay with him I cannot adequately, adequately describe the love, joy, and acceptance and belonging that I felt being with and part of this entity for only the briefest of instances. I'm referring to this entity as, as he lowercase, because he was not the Jesus or the Muhammad, etc. or any religion. This was not a religious NDE for me. Yet this entity was beyond anything human, and I had a sense that the colored points of the light in this place were other entities directing their attention to him. I say him, but since this was of all possible genders, Cancelled. I wanted to stay there, but after a pause, this entity communicated to me again, not with words or symbols, and I was told, not yet. However, the entity made promises about always watching over me and helping and caring for me in my times of need. Next, I was returned to my body, gagging and coughing with the doctor running over to help me breathe. To this day, I do not believe this was the very same body I previously had. There were differences between the one to which I I was returned and my prior body. What? Not cosmetic, but internal, as if some repairs or updates or quick fixes had been made. Much later, when I came home from that hospital, my parents verified my death in the hospital with me, plus shared the doctor's amazement at my miraculous return to life. I live and relive this experience of my first NDE often and feel everything I felt during the experience. My recollection never changes. Of course, my NDE has impacted my spiritual beliefs. And by that, I mean I've come to understand that there isn't any one religion that comes close to understanding what happened to me in this experience. This entity I encountered is much more than any god, prophet, etc., expressed or worshipped by any religion, but much more, and I believe that because of this NDE, I am able to sometimes see things others cannot and do things I'm not physically or mentally capable of doing. It is said that people with NDEs can sometimes see the future and maybe see around corners. This holds true for me too. See around the corners, huh? I've never heard that one very but I guess if you're doing it like in a psychic way, it might make sense. Yeah, but also... I
1: wouldn't describe it that way, though. I have the ability to see around corners, so... He's a... a beware. Mar- it's a Marvel character yeah. all of a sudden. Superhero. The lamest. Uh, it sounds yeah. more DC in nature, if yeah. you ask me, but... Around the corner, man. Wow. I don't come up with superhero <laughs> names. I can tell. And that's fine, honestly. Pretty wild
0: story. Yeah. Especially, it sounds like this person had a bunch of health problems early on. Mm-hmm. And then that was maybe that's what contributed to them being sick. Yeah, health problems often
1: do <laughs> contribute to you being sick I mean but... whatever killed whatever Oh the death. Yeah. Sorry, YouTube. It's always baffled me, man. Like I've read a ton of NDE stories and there's only like I mean, obviously there's a lot about like Jesus and a lot about like other religions and whatnot, right? But the the amount of other ones out there that are not religious based are wild to me. And they're all different. They're all like, not all of them are like, yeah, I was in this room. And then it's always something crazy. And you're like, damn, I've never heard that. I would like to hear more NDEs
0: from other countries and other spiritual beliefs to see if that changes what they see at
1: the end. I think I've I've heard a lot of the, is it Hinduism that believes in reincarnation or is that Buddhism? Or is it both? Both. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, I've heard a lot of those ones. And I actually, I think, I forget who it was, whose podcast it was. Uh, might have been Duncan Trussell's, but him kind of explaining reincarnation and like the the idea behind it. Like you you get a little better and a little better each life until like you've reached that balance or whatever. Yeah. Or tip the scales. I can't like forgive my ignorance. I'm not well versed in it but it was a really beautiful way to put it i was like oh that's really that would be nice that wouldn't be i mean it would suck to have to live over and over again but that's the why. idea that you finally at some point you finally as you're alive you finally do reach that point where you're like i was a good person and then you just progress you know
0: and i think at that point is at least according to a lot of people that believe in it it's not necessarily i was a good person i completed my journey and my task oh uh, yeah maybe and learned you know or or had spiritual growth Came one with The Force. I don't
1: know. Oh, yeah, sure. Throw that one in there for good measure. Why not? I mean, when you're talking about
0: re- reincarnation, that is closer to like the Star Wars Lord of the Force. Lord of the Force?
1: Lore. Oh, I was like, that sounds like a horrible 80s hair metal band. Or a good one. Uh, well, they were actually, aren't they both the same? Good, no. A, a good hair metal band is a terrible one. They're actually,
0: I would. I don't think I would go back and listen to very many, many he- hair bands from back in the day. They must not have been good to me. Well. Poison, I'm looking at you. The next one is Old Testament Man. Old Testament Man. Yeah, this one comes from Strange Economy, 8715. I was living in Austin with my young family, two small children and my wife. I developed the flu, but was in a situation where I could not miss work, so I had to push through. Mm, Don't ever do that. My flu developed into pneumonia, and my fever was rapidly increasing. My wife and kids huddled in one room, While i shivered and tremored in the bed i eventually blacked out where i woke up in a lucid state staring up at a man looking like he was out of central casting for an old testament movie it was pouring down rain with flashes of lightning behind the man as he looked down turning the pages of a big book then suddenly he said something to me i don't know what he said Instantly, I woke up. The sudden wake up coincided with something I'd never experienced before since. The most deep down, primitive bellow from the depths of my soul that woke up my neighbors and obviously my family. That it was is uncomfortable. Yeah, very uncomfortable, especially if your neighbors are like the nosy kind. It was terrifying and I'm not sure there are words to describe its terror. It did, however, save my life. The emergency room doc said I was lucky to be alive with a 106 degree fever. I know the experience served as a shot of epinephrine and revived me, but it sure was, and is, haunting me. That's pretty wild. Yeah. And, I mean, in this case, the normal skeptical viewpoint would be fever, so hallucination, but...
1: So, obviously, he wasn't actually dying.
0: But when you get pneumonia... And you don't go to the doctor,
1: there's a very good chance you're dying. Yeah. And as someone that had pneumonia for like four straight years every summer, mm-hmm. it was not fun. Like, yeah. And I did feel like, I was like, there's no way I'm coming back from this. Yeah. And that's what a lot of pe- it's like one of the... It lasted like two or three months each time. It yeah. was wild. And a lot of people die from pneumonia
0: every yeah. year.
1: I guess I'm just kind of a fighter that way, you know? I yeah. guess I always have been, Christian. That's, you know, sometimes... Yeah.
0: You know, another thing on that story... Hmm was the biblical guy the old testament guy yeah looking down on him lightning behind him with a book moses no doubt might have been moses but whoever it was had a book he's like do you know how to read friend let me let me go through this
1: list of sins oh interesting take yeah yeah or maybe it's the lamb's book of life christian you never know for this podcast we're going with sin here you go sin
0: Mm. sells okay no you never heard that scene i mean, the
1: it, other one, but yeah. Yeah, I think Cinda, they've... I think that one might be made up just right now, but... Very profound, in my own opinion. Well, hey, isn't everything else, too, you know? Speaking of profound, Where Is My Mind? Is that the next story? Yes. Is well, that, also, that's only story number two. No, that's story number three. Yeah. Oh, I can count. You can read. I can count. Where Is My Mind is also a great song. By Rascal Flats, right? The Pixies, how dare you? Okay, yeah, I knew you're just a big Rascal Flatts fan, so okay. I just thought I, I just I was, you know, sometimes you just free ball it. Hey, sometimes I just free ball it. All right,
0: yeah, I haven't listened to too much pop country. I might have made people mad by calling Rascal Flatts pop
1: country, but and there goes one fifteenth of our audience. Christian, dang it! Yeah. Anyway, continue, please, with Rascal. What was it called? Where is my mind? Where's my mind? By Rascal Flatts. No, I don't think Rascal. I don't even know if Rascal Flatts has it, but for whatever reason, it's hilarious that I. That's just what I go to. It's fine.
0: You know, for all of our listeners out there that normally come at me w- with bean memes, some of those asshole skeptics, probably not them. Please give Scott a hard time for not knowing the Pixies.
1: Well, I could make an entire song out of that, Christian, and I think I might. Now I know why I'm asking, where is my
0: mind? That is also true, yeah. By Dahl. Okay. I died at a gig, probably the Pixies, right? Probably. Way way back, I think it is a Pixies. Yeah, I died at a gig, Pixies, way back in 1991. And it was the best thing that could have, (laughs) that ever happened to me. It was a very crowded gig and they had terrible N-shaped barriers of the type, which used to be common on soccer terraces, which, when the crowd surged, caused ripples like eddies in water to go through the crowds. Somebody actually died in a gig in the same venue not long after. Wow. Anyway, what happened was that I was in one of the crowd surges, I was swept off my feet, and pretty quickly ended up being dragged through the crowd and crushed. I was understandably pretty scared by what was going on and was making efforts to try to get to somewhere less crushed. But time and time again, I would be swept up off my feet and dragged through the crowd. After being dragged down to the floor a few times and finding myself on the bottom of a pile of people, things started to get a little strange. The first few times down, I had been pretty much as I expected, being walked over by the crowd, would be like panic-inducing and painful. Hmm. Checks out. I then reached a stage where I was repeatedly having people fall over me. They would get picked up, I would get picked up, and as I hadn't the strength to stand, I would collapse again on the floor, and the whole process would be repeated. I know I was trampled and ended p- under piles of people at least 12 times. Jeez. Then, yeah. Then things started to get strange. One occasion, I found that my hearing had faded away and I was in silence. And then I noticed that I was no longer feeling pain. Things seemed to be happening in slow motion and I could see, for example, a girl in heels, foot stepping on one of my hands, but no pain registered. Eventually, I found myself no longer constrained by my body and I slowly fo- floated upwards. And I remember completely calmly thinking to myself that I was at last getting a great view of the gig. I could see myself on the floor, but this didn't worry me. I was calmer than I have ever been in my life. I will never be able to express the serenity I felt floating above myself. I found myself capable of the strangest thing. Now that I was no longer constrained by being in in a body, I was able to first spin and roll and then most incredibly just flow around the place. It was an amazing feeling I'd been in quite a bit of pain only minutes before, but this was not just the absence of pain. The absence of even a body had me feeling euphoric. Enjoying this new freedom from restriction, I floated upwards and I honestly believe I was out of my body up near the ceiling of the hall when I felt what can only be described as my body coalescing again. And I started to become aware of first feeling my head again and then feeling sharp pain in it. I watched as below me. A guy leaned over my body and he was pulling at the only part of me he could reach. The hair at the front of my head. Jeez. Yeah, (laughs) that would suck. In that moment, it was like everything stopped very briefly, and I was given a clear choice. I'm not saying I heard the voice of God asking me whether I, I wanted to live or die. There was no voice, but I was clearly given the choice. I had been quite a depressed teen at the time, but I chose to return the light. I watched from above as the guy leaned over me and noted how cool his hand-painted scene on the back of his leather jacket was. I was quite impressed with the detail in it and I was and was still admiring it when I found myself dragged back into my body. I was now back on the ground with the guy pulling me up by my hair and trying to get an arm under me to drag me up. He took me up into his two arms and carried me back to the seated area. He sat me down and was checking how bad I was when I started jabbering excitedly at him about how I'd had a near-death experience and an out-of-body experience. He thought I was out of my mind, which incidentally, I wasn't. No drugs, not even alcohol had been consumed. Why even go to a concert? Yeah, if you're not gonna do drugs and alcohol, what are you doing, guy? He started to take me more seriously when I was able to describe to him in great detail the painting on the back of his jacket, which there was no other way I could have seen. He was suitably shocked by my account of what had just happened to me. We sat together for a few minutes and he asked me what it was like and I told him it was the best thing I'd ever experienced and that I had come to a few conclusions. Namely, that there is nothing to fear in death, that all I could be sure about death is that there is no pain and that it brings about incredible peace. I was also somehow certain that as I was completely convinced I had been given the choice to continue to death or return to life, that there was something, some source, a consciousness that gave me that choice. I also became convinced that we are all equi- equally in- insignificant and significant
1: parts of that consciousness. Insignificant and significant? Yeah. Kind of. A, so we don't matter, but we also matter. Right. And wow. I, I that's kind of the way I think.
0: So don't say anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I it, think it's like a good thought experiment hmm. on both ex- ends to find your place in life.
1: Like you're really just a small piece of this world. Yeah. No, I get what he's trying to say, but they cancel each other out very quickly. Yeah.
0: I would have used a different phrasing. Maybe it took a matter of weeks for the bruised brute. It's a lot of misspellings here. I thought we
1: got trampled at a gig, Christian. Cut the guy some slack. No. Or gal. We're not here to assume. It
0: took a matter of weeks for the bruises and cuts I had suffered to pass, but it took a lot longer for the sense of peace it brought me to wear off. I will never fear death again, and I will never have any time for anyone who tells me of a violent, vengeful God which makes rules and which I should fear. Because I've been there, I felt it, and all it is, is love. Well,
1: yeah. All you need is love, man. It's all love, bro. What a way to go. Uh, Yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. Being trampled at a concert? No thank you. I was caught in a
0: crowd like that one time not at a concert, but it was at a record signing. Mm, That would
1: equally as terrifying. Yeah. Like the exact same crowd, just different venue.
0: (laughs) And at the time I was married, I had a pregnant wife there with me. Mm. It was pretty scary. They actually, it was supposed to be like a small record signing for Depeche Mode. And then it got on the LA radio station, KROQ, world famous KROQ. Wow! And so many people showed up. They had to cancel it after like 20 minutes because it Windows were broken.
1: We got national news coverage. What a weird reaction to Depeche Mode being around. Like, everyone losing their mind. Kind of surprised me, too. I didn't know they
0: were that popular. I just thought it was a w- weird band I liked, but they yeah. were super popular. They still are. True. So. Yeah, I mean. But it was scary as hell. I believe
1: it, yeah. 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 You got to think about the, the type of person, like, the sheer balls that someone has to do, and, like, big heart, compassionate person has to to see someone that is getting trampled and risk their own life to grab them. Complete, total stranger. Grab them by the only way they can, by their hair. That is, I don't know, like, you like to think you would, right? You like to think that you'd be that person that helps someone. But in a, in a situation like that, I'm not entirely sure that I would. You like, might not even notice. Yeah, that's the thing. It's so, so it's... the fact that someone even saw him and then took it a step further and saved his life, like literally, it's just wild, man. Pulled him out by the hair and that is he maybe had longer hair so maybe it didn't I I picture my shorter hair and him just like
0: but but he's talking about a gig it sounded like it was pretty everybody was pretty riled up so oh yeah I could see long hair being a part of it true yeah long hair and good music leather jacket acid wash jeans maybe maybe well I mean that was a big thing back in the day yeah it was I believe I had a pair oh yeah that's what they said oh All right, the next one, this skeptic is sold. Some of those asshole (laughs) skeptics. This one is posted by Broken Girl 19615 I feel like when somebody puts that many numbers, there's like a secret code that only some people know. And I wanna know. Okay. I'm a skeptic, but now I'm sold. The end. (laughs) Wow, title in the first line, very (laughs) nice. So I recently started working as a 911 dispatcher at a police department in Oklahoma. I love it. Tonight one of my coworkers was talking to me about ghosts, and I told him I didn't really believe in them. And he said, Oh, you will. So later on in the night, it was about three AM. The nine eleven
1: or a nine one one phone call. I know, you keep saying I'm like, there's guaranteed to be at least five people out there. Like, what is a nine eleven dispatcher? Yeah. Always remember or never forget. How do I get that wrong every single time? I always forget. Forget what? It's it's always no it's never forget is the thing like the whole slogan for and every single time i say always remember but you were young though too so no i remember exactly i was on a bus listening to kiss fm oh 11 years old yeah i thought it was a joke at first rick d's rick d's in the morning i know it's tell us what time it is Mm. so many years growing up here hearing him since i was a little kid until i had kids I don't know what the theme of this episode being radio talk for as yeah. long as it's been. There's been like six instances where the theme of radios has come. And out. we've never talked radio before.
0: The 911 phone rings. This is not a landline. It only answers the and rings for 911. He says, come get this phone. So I do. I answer the call. Immediately, I hear happy breathing. I proceed to ask if they can hear me. Who's calling? And after 43 seconds, they hang up. Ghost. His his co-worker laughs and turns and points to the map. The phone number was a landline and plotted in the middle of an old base camp cemetery just outside town. Nobody lives within five miles of this place. The mapping on the 911 landlines is always within five inches of the collar. It's accurate. He then told me to redial the number. I did, the number is not available. He then proceeds to tell me this happens every night. The supervising officer came in and asked him how long this has happened he said every night for at least 23 years, that's how long he's been there. They used to send officers out, but it's gated and no, there's nobody there. So not really a near-death experience, but also like one of those ones where you're like, what is going on with death? You know, we've heard about that kind of a story, like the tsunami episode. Yeah, true.
1: What is going on with death, I wonder? I thought you knew. I mean we've had a couple of those phone call ones. It's just strange to think about. And then yeah, how could you not believe random shit after that? Yeah. You know what I mean? You like, exactly. well, I guess I have to. I guess there are ghosts and whatnot. I mean, somebody could have been playing a joke on them, but we've this happens a lot. For twenty-three years? I don't know about that, man. That would be the longest play of all time.
0: And and what is this this entity trying to
1: communicate if they've been calling for twenty three years? Well, Christian, this being is trying to communicate no. I don't know, man. That's a, like an example of The old stone tape. That's what that would be. But to be on repeat every single day, now that's crazy. That's a lot of time. That is. That's super nuts. Dead during bypass
0: surgery. Oof. By DWP for you. So the Department of Water and Power for you. Well, that's helpful. 20 years ago, I had a bypass. The surgeons convinced me to not go on the bypass machine as my heart was in perfect condition. And there are always risks of side effects when being placed on the bypass machine. So I signed the waiver to release the surgeons of responsibility so they could technically kill me and then bring me back. <laughs> I don't know if I
1: could ever sign that. That would be rough. That would be so, that would be such hard, we're going to kill you. Uh, I'm sorry, I fail to see how this is helpful. Yeah,
0: if I think if my doctor sat me down all like house style and tried yeah. to tell me that, I'd be like, Christian, we got to kill you. Yeah, I'm like, well, that's great. I'm like, I'm not convinced yet, but I think I need you to bring in the hospital psychologist to help out. Yeah, I'm going to need another another mind on this yeah. one. Okay? Second opinion on whether I'm going to let you kill me or not. And the third opinion, if both of them are for it, I call my mother and <laughs> we get her opinion. We know what that t- yeah. opinion's going to be. I was anesthetized and then they proceeded to do the surgery. They cut open my chest, cut through the sternum, deflated the lung to gain access to the heart. The details, Christian, we don't need all this. Cut open my left shin to gain access to the donor vein and
1: cut their life into pieces this was their last resort
0: yeah it, it sounds like it That should have been the name of the story yeah and then they packed my body in ice to slow down my heart and they stopped the heart did the bypass and once the surgery was done they used the small wands spoons paddles you know what they are they are harry potter paddles no they use their small wands how do you know they're small just judging. Inside of my chest. a little short one. Yeah. So either way, it was inside of his chest cavity to shock the life back to heart. We've seen it on many of the medical shows that are popular. Yes. During the time that I w- I presume I was dead, I had a vision slash dream. I was in a dark room with only light coming from the edges of the room. The light was like what you used to be able to see when, the, when a TV was on, when all the stations had signed off for the night. And all there was was statics and snow on the screen. Do you ever experience that? That might be before your time.
1: Snow on the screen? Yeah. Like
0: that when all the shows went off. Mm -hmm. Flickering and it was flickering and strobe-like. I could feel that there was a mass of people all around me and that we were being herded or moved in one direction. I could feel the other persons pressing against me, pushing me. I was in that moving mass of people for what seems like a long time. Eventually I got to a bright light and when I approached it, it was like I was looking through a porthole window on a ship, and I could see two persons on the outside looking at me, waiting for me. Once I got to the door, I came out of anesthesia, and I was in recovery room with two of my closest friends looking down at me. I cannot explain anything about what I had experienced or where I was, but it stayed with me to this day when I wrote it down and shared it with the world. The last part. You made up. Yeah. Yeah. This person didn't have the beautiful experience that I was thinking. They they saw light, but then they were in a big crowd of people. We already yeah. talked about that kind of That's thing in a the previous worst.
1: story. That's hell. We found it. Yeah.
0: I mean, hell isn't burning a fire. It's being, walking with a lot of people. Yeah. Pushing you in a direction that never ends. I just made up a new hell. Wow. That is hell. When you know many people that have died and come back. Ooh, yeah. From Disco Ball. I weirdly know a few people who have died and come back. First person died giving birth. She was dead for five minutes. She saw who she believed was a divine spirit. The spirit gave her a choice to stay or go. And he sang it like the song. Should I stay or should I go? That's all I'm going to sing for you folks. Okay. She said she wanted to be a mother. So she warped back into her body. Hmm. Second person died for 14 minutes from a heart attack. He said he floated down a hall that was made of an endless amount of particles. He heard whispering, but didn't see anyone. He said he felt safe. He wound up at some large gate that was as tall And as long as the eye could see, he said it made, it was made of strange material he wasn't familiar with. He thought to himself, what next? And then he was propelled in reverse and then back into his body. Mm. Both individuals changed for the better after their experience. And then they added something in. Forgot, I knew a third. He was in some strange waiting room that resembled a womb of sorts. Ugh. Reincarnation. Very quickly. Oh, Gross. It was a womb of some sorts. <laughs> he was alone, felt safe, and then poof, back into his body. He had OD'd. Strange. Three different people, three different stories. I should add that my one friend is now able to connect with the other side as a result and works in mediumship. Hmm. That was that is kind of a fa- first off. Nobody should that know that many people with near death experiences they're just like a failed serial killer
1: yeah like what crowd are you in <laughs> i try to kill three of my friends none of them
0: yeah none of them went through i don't need to kill pe- people i just watch my friends die over and over again and then listen to them when they come back you really do be like that yeah it is interesting that they're are three different ways which mm. i think we'll get to in the end of the episode where we ta- talk yeah. about our ideas on this but remind me that i
1: mentioned about this story and remind me to mention about this story the what? previous episode what story? The one that the previous, the last one, the one okay. we just did. Okay. I think like, cause the whole three different things, do you remember in literally the last episode, my, when we were all talking about dreams, my mom was mentioning that, you know, every single person is unique in the fact that their own dreams are like different. They have kind of different meanings based on their personality. Like, what if that's the same thing with, you know, how we get ushered into the afterlife Is it's catered to us to make sure that we can, you know, like, does that make sense?
0: That makes total sense to me. That's
1: kind of crazy to think about. Hmm. It it
0: makes more sense than anything else that we generally hear. Like if you're going to be kind of have a soft landing in the afterlife, it's going to be something that is personal to
1: you, I would think. Yeah. And that just transitions you into it. That's kind of, that's kind of a cool theory though. I kind of like that. Me too. Way to go us. We did it.
0: All right. So this one is by this one comes from bisexual Spike Spiegel, which for some reason, that one really flows.
1: (laughs) Probably (laughs) as intended. Yeah. In both ways, we're finding out. I guess so. Witty. Mm. The story is for grandma.
0: My grandma died during childbirth. I'm not sure for how long, but she was hemorrhaging. She said that she was watching herself from the corner out of body with the spirit of her paternal grandmother who she never got to meet. The doctor was swearing the whole time. She wanted to go with her grandmother, but she told her she couldn't yet because there were still things she needed to do. She went back in her body and started scolding the doctor for swearing so much. So this is like this doctor talks like Scott, right? Probably not. He was shocked that she had heard and told her she had been dead for a moment. My... Grandma had died for good that day. Most of my family, including myself, would never have been born. That is pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Like just that little, how lucky we are to have gotten to this point, even though we complain about how difficult
1: the world is now. I don't want this to be the episode of exclusively great ideas, but what if, you know how some people, when they get brought back or whatever, they think it's like, oh, there's something important in my life that I need to do. What if it was just Keeping that family line, like someone way generation, generation down the road is going to be very important and that person needs to survive. And so they're brought back and they think it's like, oh, maybe there's something special I need to do in this life. But well, literally it's just give birth to yeah, that person. Like maybe they were stressed out because they hadn't done anything great, but, or
0: and maybe not, not even just given birth. Maybe it's just like that encouraging word you give to one person that goes on yeah. to help other people. It's like, we make this grand thing about our lives because humans are a little narcissistic let's
1: just say it how it is yeah Yeah. and and
0: that's how we're built Mm. so that's it's not that it's bad or good it can be either one we imagine that when we come back or in a lot of these stories we hear your
1: work's not done Mm. you're like
0: oh do i need to save the world cure cancer
1: yeah you're not important it's actually 10 generations down your great 10 times granddaughter is going to be the new president and she fixes everything
0: or maybe not even anything that big just somebody local in the town that makes a difference like We always, like, Mm. it's the same thing with reincarnation. Everybody wants to be like a king or a queen. Yeah. And only a few, few reincarnate, if reincarnation is true, only a few of those people get to do it because there's not many kings and queens or leaders. Yeah. Most people were just like you and me, just back in days when we. Big old losers sitting in a garage talking about ghosts. That's most of society. But that, you know, and back then we were talking about what, whatever monster was in the forest true, taking our, our, our hunt cans of beans obviously yes well I mean we didn't have them then you can't we be ju- sure of that we yes. just picked them off the branch of the plant yeah. I, think, I think that's how beans work I don't eat them enough I just am tortured by them yep as is tradition the next one is they will be fine I don't want to go back from Scarlet Magnolia I was sick and in a coma my husband had already been given the talk Oh. I was 100% okay where I was I feel completely at peace I understood that I knew all of the answers to all of the questions I'd never had on earth. I also understood my five kids, ages 20 through 4. They ate, what are they, Benjamin Button?
1: No, I, I think their oldest was 20, their youngest was 4. Oh, that makes more sense than my thought, but yeah. still, it's 20, or 4 to 20, you go small to large. In this day and age, you can't just be throwing 420 out there. You can if you add a 6 and a 9 afterwards,
0: but that's fine, guys, honestly. Okay, and also her husband was there. Or she and her husband would be okay without me. Maybe not in that moment, but when they came to where I was, they would be okay. I also understood the time on earth was literally a blip in the overall all time of our existence. I remember arguing with my spirit guide, whom I also believed to be one of my ancestors, that I wasn't going back. She calmly and lovingly continued to tell me, they need you, you have to go back. I would respond, they will be fine. They will be okay. They will be dope. (laughs) (laughs) We did this several times until I finally acquiesced and was like, fine. I remember the walk back. I was like in a black tunnel with a pinpoint of light. There was the light of the place I was leaving kind of in a circle in a small circle of light where I was going. I knew I didn't want to forget everything I knew this time. They had had one previous NDE. Hmm. So all the way back, I kept telling myself, you have to remember this time. You have to remember when I slammed into my body and opened my eyes, the first thing I thought was, no, I forgot. I was so pissed off. They're like, put me back. Run me over with your Ford Taurus. Yeah. There aren't many stories
1: where I'm like, where are you here? Like, I know I'm ready to go. They'll be fine. I don't care about my family. Yeah. There's a handful out there where they're like selfishly. I kind of wanted us to go and see what all the fun stuff was about, but I guess I'll go back to this nonsense where taxes and you know, like my understanding from
0: some of those stories that I think that, that when you get to that place, yeah, that plane of existence that we don't understand just that makes sense that we're making a episode about, yes. um, you kind of get the grand scheme of things. So you realize that what we're doing here in this
1: little short life is just a small amount of time.
0: I have a little short one.
1: It was as far as life. Yeah. yeah. And maybe we should take a moment, actually, this episode is uh, coming out right around the same time as a movie that is called Life After Death is dropping and it looks absolutely phenomenal. And the message of this movie is that regardless of what your beliefs are or regardless of how you feel about like the afterlife or anything like that, this is a movie for everyone to prove once and for all if there is actually something after death. And so it's for everyone. It's put everyone at ease. You know what I mean? That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. That's a cool mission to have for something. It is cool, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to prove. Prove, no, but they're putting it out there as like, this is what we found.
0: Well, and in this case, and I think, and and I won't just, a lot of religions sometimes forget that there are other people in this world that are worthy and have the same experiences, just not within the same religion. So it's important that you put that out there because somebody may not have the same beliefs, Mm -hmm. but they may still experience the same thing and that's where we get all these stories from not everybody out there that's having these experiences are christians yeah Uh,
1: yeah, exactly and this is technically from angel studios which is kind of uh hit or miss with folks these days i think they do great work that the chosen is an amazing show and so people will probably go in thinking that it's like a whole religious thing but you can actually get free tickets to it you can like literally it's like a pay it forward system and in select theaters the trailer looked amazing I'm going to try to drag Christian to go see it because it just cinematic alone looks amazing. And I'm a nerd like that. So I need that. I'm sure we can go see it. But the stories will be good, too, I'm sure. Giving away tickets for free makes me wonder. Oh, no, it's buy one, get one. So you're really like you are giving it to someone that can't afford it. If they want to see the movie and they can't afford it, anyone can go and get one of the pay it forward tickets that someone's already purchased. Best way to get somebody in your church. Yeah. Or into a movie theater for a movie that you just filmed, which is actually probably the smartest thing to do. and big studios should take the same thing i mean they're doing well give us free movies that's what we want as as the people anyway it's just interesting timing as always this episode comes out around the same time that movie comes out and so now i gotta go see that movie i'm connected we are one with the world i haven't had a near-death experience yet. our gaia mother oh, oh my gosh that's me making fun of you that almost never happens on show so take advantage oh yeah for sure never don't, you don't, don't, don't you never make fun of me you know what that sounds like? I'm I'm just now knowing a classic blues line, like old school blues, like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know so what you're talking about. We should write a blues song and use that as the, the bass line. I lost my puppy the other day. This
0: next one is Radio Waves by Bago. I was pretty dead after a car accident. Well, that happens sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> back when you could ride in the back of pickup trucks we were t-boned in an intersection and i went into a tunnel of light chose to come back because i was given a choice i missed my family friends and my cat so i came back priorities that cat yeah you're like ah oh, peaches i have to deal with my but my cat right yeah you get to deal with your cat okay i'll put up with the family i remember the tunnel being a white Gold color. Very warm, friendly, and inviting. When I when nice. I woke up in the street, I was bloody cold and in shock. Oh, yeah, not fun. But I knew what had happened a moment before. Chalk it up to extreme blood loss or dopamine release or what have you. But I know what I saw. What I got from it was that our perception of life is much like a radio that is broadcasting one frequency you can hear, but actually broadcasting all the frequencies all the time. But we choose to only tune into the one. There is so much more to life and death than what we are told. Be good to one another and yourself. It matters in the end.
1: Ah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> very nice.
0: It really do be like that, though, as much as I poke fun. That's an interesting theory on the radio radio signals.
1: Mm.
0: But and it, that, it also kind of makes sense, no? It, it gives you a vision like it, it helps you visualize mm. kind of such a complex thing you're like oh we're just picking up on this frequency for now yeah maybe you can tune into other ones if you concentrate yeah and maybe maybe that's that's why people have these different experiences mm. that sometimes have you're just on a different wavelength yeah some or, or mm. you know maybe that's what different religions operate on maybe so what do i look like god christian because i'm not this next one was written by adele it's called doubt da- dad calls from the other side not really written by adele
1: was Power Pack 'em. Somewhere on the internet, there's a video of me that I filmed in my Las Vegas apartment when that song came out. And it was a very short film about me sleeping in bed, and the doorknob to my closet starts jiggling and opens up. And it's kind of like a terrifying thing. And it eventually, what pops out of that hole is me in a sheet with a sign that says, uh, I'm sorry. And it's Adele's Hello from the Other Side that's playing. And so it turns into a really weird video very quickly. Sounds And up. I did that because I was bored one day and it turned out amazing. Sounds Ku Klux Yeah, because I said sheet, Christian, but we weren't setting a cross on fire, were we? No, we were saying sorry. Which, if anything, is what, you know what, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> My dad passed away on August 8th. Last
0: night, he called me. I fell asleep on my mom's living room couch with the TV on. I tucked my phone under the pillow under my head. It feels like about an hour has passed, and I feel my phone vibrating like someone is calling me. I look at it, and it's from Peanut. I answer and sleepily say, hello. My dad comes through the other end, staticky but very clearly him, and he says, hey, like he always did, with a bit of surprise in his voice, like, wow, it worked. I say, oh, my my God, hey, and he says, my phone isn't working or I couldn't get my phone to work, implying that that's why he called me from Peanut's phone. He says, I've been trying to call everyone. I just wanted to tell you I love you and I'm safe. He goes on to say, I'm in room four something. It was a three-digit number, definitely beginning with the four. I tell him I love him too, and I'm glad he's safe, and I ask him to repeat the last part again because I didn't hear the room number. He says that I love you and I'm safe again, and then said the room number again. Once again, I couldn't make it out. Because it got too staticky and the TV was too loud. I say, "I say, I love you too, dad. And I don't remember the call ending, but I remember waking up into the exact environment I was in and wondering what just happened. There were a few other details that sounded kind of like him when he was on, was sick on the phone, but definitely improved a lot. I was watching Family Feud when I fell asleep and infomercial play on that channel when it ends. And infomercial was, was what was too loud in my dream. And the same one was playing when I woke up. No one in my family has any idea who Peanut
1: is. Like I'm sitting here thinking that it was a it was family like a daughter, member. Yeah, like some kind of. Wow. Yeah. You know what's wild about that is that there is I don't know who, but there was. I I heard a story about like spirit phone technology and stuff like that. And there was this one guy, God, I wish, it was probably belief hole, I'm sure, but there was this one guy who swore he had like a spirit radio that people could actually like show up and, and it was oh, like I a show. That, but it yeah. was like There's like stories connected to it that you're like, holy crap, like it sounded pretty legit. I mean, you can't obviously can't tell from being where we are, but the stories that come from that, it would be interesting to look into. But this story actually reminds me of that a little bit, like almost like a I just picture ghosts on the other side, just next to it, like an old timey corded phone. And like just trying different things and be like, oh, my God, it worked (laughs) like getting in touch with us via radio, like via airwaves. And then being so shocked at work, you weren't even... Yeah. The work that you weren't even prepared for what you
0: were going to say next.
1: Yeah. That is, yeah, man. Too many questions on this podcast, man. We got to do a show where we know all the answers because this is difficult. If we knew all the answers, we wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth having a podcast. That's true. We, we really wouldn't be the heroes that we are.
0: I agree. We are uh, heroes. We use
1: that word lightly. No, I, I've known I was a hero
0: since I was young. My mom told me. Well, there I, you have it. And you got to believe moms when she says nice things. Only then next one is called To Come Back Means Great Suffering from My Lily Marlene. I was not the one with the NDE. My brother-in-law had it. He told me about it before he finally died a second time and never came back. Will had been a very strange, angry man throughout his life. He scorned the idea of life after death, God or religion. He was a brilliant man, but cold, sarcastic and cynical. You see his father, the head of jails in a major city, beat Will and Will's mother, so trigger warning, beat Will and Will's mother mercilessly. He was scornful of women and alienated my sister from her friends and family. He particularly disliked me because I was opinionated. They had two children and both kids have autism. The oldest is 17 and had Asperger's. The Youngest is now 14 and has autism very severely. At the time Will died, they were eight and 11. He had colon cancer, and at one point after he first got sick while he was at the hospital, he died with a blood clot going through his heart. He told me he was watching them work on him in the operating room, and he knew it was 5 a.m. He then found himself in a beautiful park and found himself lying on the ground in the grass. He said he never smelled grass and earth that rich here on earth. He saw a nondescript woman in in a loose brown dress. He said she was kind of dumpy looking. He asked her if he was dead and was in and was he in heaven. She said he was in a sort of holding place. She told him he had a choice. He could stay, he could stay there or come back. But if he came back, he would end up suffering badly. He said he had to come back here because he could not leave his children. He was then immediately back in his body. He lived another four and a half years and transformed radically. He apologized to everyone he could about being a mean, angry SOB. Wow. He said he'd had enough anger in him. He felt he could kill someone. He was not 100 percent changed, but he now knew he had to ask for forgiveness and forgive. He then called people he went to kindergarten with and apologized. He went to some NDE groups to try to understand what happened to him. He then started on his way to becoming a Sufi. You know what that is, right? I believe so. It's it's a it's a part. It's like a form of religion related yes. related to islam kind of or muslim okay, yeah, yeah. for whatever reason the cancer came back and he did not try to save himself immediately this caused the cancer to become uncontrollable true to what the woman had said he suffered terribly the end gotta give the guy credit though because he was a jerk sounds like mm-hmm. but he did want to come back and take care of his kids and it was important to him and worth suffering And he came back and he was a little bit nicer.
1: And you you think about, and that's probably the last story of the episode, yeah. And so we'll kind of close it out on that. But you think about an interesting, when you hear someone say he even called his like someone from kindergarten and like apologize to them, you might think that's like overkill. But what's interesting about that is how many memories do you have of like just weird things, grade school incidents that were kind of traumatic or someone yelled at you or something like that, that just stuck with you for so many years, like getting a phone call from one of those people and being like, Hey, I'm really sorry about that. How freeing that would be too. So it, it almost does feel necessary. Like you can really help heal a lot of people with that. Yeah,
0: I, I would think so. And I mean, That just shows you the people that are are not always nice also continue to suffer from the way they act and they don't understand it until maybe they're at the end. Hmm. And it's sometimes it's too late. Sometimes you don't get a choice to come back.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, these episodes always get me, man. I always want answers and we're never going to actually have that, you know, but at least we're not alone. Everyone listening to this is also like, well, I really wish I understood any of that. And if they do, then they should really write it into the gang at com and explain it to Christian and I, because I want to know. Yeah, we're both pretty baffled by this stuff, but what was the thing we were supposed to bring up again? Couldn't tell you. That was at least eight minutes ago, Christian, and your boy doesn't have the memory for it. I asked you specifically to remember Let me check really quick. The story about the three different experiences, boom, I remembered it. Good job. Do you have a theory on why people have different experiences? Yeah, I. but I said it immediately after that. It's the whole, like, we're unique individuals, so what if we do actually have our own unique... It makes sense that we all have our own unique thing that happens to kind of usher us into that afterlife. And so regardless of what religion you are or anything, that, like, it's catered to you. So, of course, you're going to you know, maybe see that. I don't know. It's kind of a beautiful thought. Like, thought. I just think they're, like when we move on, there's a place for all of us. Mm.
0: And it's not like we shouldn't be afraid of fire and brimstone, because if there is such a thing, it would be
1: reserved for a very few. Mm. Not I know as a Christian man, uh... Growing up, I, there's always that kind of like, as a kid, you don't fully understand like the idea of God or anything like that. But you'd hear like, especially in the nineties, you hear church people be like, yeah, you know, you're, yeah, you die and you stand before you're going to have to stand in for all the things that you've done. You're going to have to be able to answer for all that. My imagination of a mind hearing that I could not help, but picture it. And it was terrifying. The fact you just picture yourself in this very tiny, like this gigantic theater, and there's this tiny thing there, standing before like this gigantic chair and there's like a being in that chair that's like "Up! Oh, you remember when you slapped your brother in the face while well, you're going to hell you little bitch like, yeah. oh, God. like that's how I pictured it because like the way it was described like the afterlife and, and hell or even standing before God or anything like that like was terrifying to think about but one good thing about going through these episodes is you kind of get that like you kind of get to as an adult you kind of get to reshape it a little bit be like maybe I should forgive the way that I used to look at things and be like hey man Maybe there's a, there's different theories out there, you know, well, there's a lot I, of stories. I think that those people that
0: push that like hardcore, if you think bad thoughts about Sally, mm-hmm. or if you lie to your parents, they, the ones that push that agenda are doing a
1: disservice. It's like Westboro Baptist type stuff. Yeah, yeah. And,
0: but it's also a little bit more, it's been
1: mainstream. Mm-hmm. It was pretty heavy, like, when I was growing up. I know that for sure. It was I think definitely it's, a little heavier. I think it's been pretty heavy since probably, like, the 1200s. Yeah. It's more love now, though, I'm, I've noticed. At least the churches that I've gone to in my adult life, it's always been more geared towards, like... There's still a lot that don't go for that. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. And I think that's a problem. It's also,
0: like, we're the only ones that are going to be saved in the end. That's... I don't think it, there's one path.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It, it's these... What I'm trying to say, essentially, is these episodes always get us thinking you know they always get us it's just interesting to hear stories like this you know what I mean yeah it's just there's more out there I don't think we're supposed to understand it as much as we want
0: to and we won't and that's until you actually experience it right it's that whole Winston Churchill dealio and and even these people they come back and they don't really understand it yeah they may change because they understand that there's more to life than what the, the way they're living or sure but they really still don't none of them sound like they totally understand what happened it's just this crazy experience that... But I, before we... One last thing before we go. Skeptics are going to say this is lack of oxygen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they're wrong. But it's me, and simple. as a skeptical person, that does not feel like what it is in this case. There's just too much going on. Mm-hmm. It's not the same thing. Just because people have different experiences because of the way they view their... Or the way they navigate the world. Yeah. Um It's fine. That is fine. But it just, just seems like there's something else going on. And, you know, uh, we're going to get to the bottom of it. No, it, probably it not. Feels like there's consciousness after you, you pass. There is. But there is. less
1: pain. Yeah, less pain. Everyone, no. Unless you thought bad thoughts of Sally, then you're going to hell. Yeah. Yeah, suck on that. Anyway, uh, that wraps it up. Guys, if you enjoy the show, please take a minute, a second of your time, and rate us five stars. Wherever you're listening, it really does help us grow out the show. Remember, subscribe on youtube sleep with the lights on is debuting tomorrow we hope you have a spooky friday the 13th we know we will and i'm not sure maybe uh we premiere sleep with the lights on you're a night owl christian when it releases you could be in the comments with folks i can yeah Uh, yeah that might be fun
0: i'll Mm -hmm. hang out there so if you want to drop a
1: comment i'll i'll pay attention there you go what a fun idea guys we'll see you tomorrow on our youtube channel at africanepod You know the other socials if you have a story of your own near-death experience or otherwise, send it to the gang at thefreakydeaky.com or leave us a voicemail at 801-997-0051. We will see you right back here next week on The Frankity Dinkity where we'll be diving into some stories about... The Manger Hotel. It's a haunted hotel. We're going to go to a Uh, haunted hotel. We're not going to one, but Christian is taking us via the beauty of the written word. Anyway, we'll see you there next week on the freaky Deek oops freaky deaky can't say it now goodbye